Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. A few years ago, I received a call from John Lohr, who had come to town to do research about the possibility of Nashville becoming a, an expansion team for Major League Baseball. And I met John, and the reason he contacted me was because of my background in research and studying Nashville baseball history. And I think what he wanted to know was, uh, if he didn't know the background, how the history of baseball in Nashville was, well, he could use that information to tell his story. And I think he's done a great job with that. Now, I can't begin to predict when Major League Baseball will make a decision to expand. That's in the hands of John Lohr and soon Dave Stewart will come to town and, and head up that initiative as well. Al Gonzalez, who heads up the board of directors and is one of the great guys that really loves baseball too. And all three seem to be able to put a conversation together, and I'm sure it'll happen in the right way so that they can make a presentation to Major League Baseball when that time comes. But what I want to tell you about today and how John and I got started, he was asking me what I knew about Negro Leagues baseball in Nashville, and he asked me specifically about a team called the Nashville Stars. He'd seen a baseball signed by Jim Zapp, and he, he wanted to know if there was any background for it. He wanted to know what I knew about it. And I said, I don't know very much, and we're not going to find very much. Because I had done my research, I had found them in 1949, 1950, and 51 mentioned in the newspapers. But one of the tragedies about Negro Leagues baseball is that the, the sports writers didn't cover the games. And if there was a Negro Leagues game coming to Sulphurdale, for example, in a few days, Whoever was was publicizing the event would call the newspaper, go down to the newspaper office and say, hey, we've got this game coming up Sunday, a doubleheader beginning at 2 o'clock. It's the Kansas City Monarchs and whoever, the Cleveland Buckeyes. That would be in the newspaper, usually a day or two before the game, sometimes a few days before. But after the game, no one called the newspaper and reported the game. Then there was nothing in the newspaper to tell about the results. And maybe the team's moved on. I mean, after the games, if they're barnstorming or just coming to town to play a game or two, when that game's over, they're headed out of town. So we just kind of have to hand that to fate. It's a shame that there's not more history about the Negro Leagues, especially box scores. I can find line scores sometimes, but box scores are very rare. Now, there were some newspapers that did cover uh, once-a-week publication, Pittsburgh Courier, but, you know, if there was a game in Nashville on Sunday and they published on Friday or Saturday, I don't recall, just once a week, you know, that was old news by then. So they did not necessarily pick up the score of the Nashville for, let's say, Eli Giants. But in that 1949-1950-51 period, there were just a few mentions of the Nashville Stars. 1949, there was a mention of a game in Nolensville that took place between four teams, and one of those was named the Nashville Stars. Now, a little later, I'll go into where I think the background of that was. But one reason that this kind of piqued my interest this week, the National Stars held a golf tournament to raise money for the American Cancer Society, and they held it at Ted Rhodes. Now, Ted Rhodes was a, a black golfer, a professional golfer, and everybody loved him, and he was a great golfer. And that particular golf course is in Bordeaux in North Nashville, not far from the Tennessee State University campus. And as guys would come over there to play, obviously with the tournament going on, they couldn't play until after the tournament was over. So there were some gentlemen standing and sitting, and I went over and asked them if they knew anything about anybody who played Negro Leagues baseball from Nashville. Well, the name that they gave me was Bobby Coleman. 
Bobby Coleman has passed away, but I had a chance to meet Bobby. He told me that he played for the Kansas City Monarchs and that he was playing against them at Sulphurdale, and they liked him so much, he was a pitcher, that they signed him and he went and played with them. But he couldn't tell me a date. And as I called him a few times later, his memory was not quite the same. I, he was talking about it in the 50s, and I kind of get the idea it was like 1960 or 61 from some of the reports I've seen. I've seen his name mentioned once in a search for in newspapers.com where I used Bobby Coleman in Monarchs because he told me he played for the Kansas City Monarchs. And I think there was one game that came up. There was just a small report of it in the Tennessean or the Nashville Banner. But my conversation led to being introduced to a man named Richard Grady. And Richard was great. In fact, as the conversation went along, I talked to him for an hour, I guess, a couple of times during the golf tournament going on. Then he told me he even thought he knew my dad. But he said that he played for the St. Louis Stars and the Detroit Stars. Now, I think that was about 1960 or 61, too. Now, there were some who say that was not Negro Leagues, that was barnstorming. Well, it was black players playing other black players and that they had their teams organized however they were organized. I said, well, did you move to St. Louis? He said, oh, no, I just played for them as they traveled. I lived here. So he also introduced me to a, a man who he said his father drove the bus for the Birmingham Black Barons. Now, Sue Bridgeforth bought the Birmingham Black Barons and moved them to Nashville in 1951 or two or three. I can't remember. And, and I know in 1954 they were playing here. Henry Kimbrough was the manager. And they were playing their games at Sulphurdale and would travel certainly to Birmingham and other places to play. But their home base was here. And he said that as his dad was the bus driver, they allowed him to be the bat boy. So we have a conversation that for the future between Richard and this other gentleman that we will talk about what they remember about those days. But John and I, we met and I remembered that I had purchased online, I'm sure on eBay, it was misdescribed. It was a broadside of about, I don't know, 12 by 8, something like that. It had actually been cut, lopped off, but there was a picture of four players. It was kind of a pink broadside cardboard. And it had four players there identified, and they were Frank Russell, Sidney Bunch Jr., Jim Zapp, and Willie Adkinson. They're standing there, I'm sure, at the base of the hill at Sulphurdale in a uniform. Each one of them had a uniform on that had stars across the front. So from that, we were able to piece together some more information about that there really was a National Stars team. And later on, we came to find out through Harriet Kimbrough Hamilton, who had written a book called Daddy's Scrapbook. I may remember I interviewed her in a previous episode, and she told me that she had published in her book a picture of the Stars bus because she had interviewed a man named Shannon Jones, who was the bus driver. And since then, we've gotten to know Laverne Gray, his daughter, and the rest of the family. And they're just delightful people. They love to tell stories about their dad. They love to hear stories about their dad. And, of course, National Stars and Negro Leagues history is important to them, too. There's a big picture of that bus in the National Stars office. And there's also a picture of the four stars that I have that I've let John and the other people involved with the National Stars initiative use on T-shirts and things like that. Because it helps to tell that story. And it's a basis for what John wants to do in bringing the National Stars to town with minority ownership and also in conjunction with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. Hopefully one day there'll be a museum in a stadium in Nashville that will include uh, Negro Leagues history, particularly in the South. And if you've never been, it's not a, a long drive, but in Birmingham, three hours away or so, there's a Negro Southern League Baseball Museum also, which highlights the Negro Southern League. 
and the Nashville Stars were a member of that. And we, how we know that in 1950-51, because the picture of the bus that says Nashville Stars on the side says member of the Negro Southern League. So tying all this together, it makes sense and it gives a great foundation. But I want to talk a little bit about those four players. I know a lot more about Jim Zapp and Sidney Bunch than we do Frank Russell and Willie Adkins. But let me kind of run through those for you real quick. Frank Russell was born May the 8th, 1921, and he died in January of 1984. I can tell that he played for three teams doing research. He played for the Baltimore Elite Giants in the Negro National League in 1943 and 44, and then again in 1946 and 1948. He came to Nashville and played for the Nashville Cubs in 1949 and the Nashville Stars in 1950 and 51. Now, I know that from research with places like BaseballReference.com that I've mentioned before, and the Negro Southern League Museum has some information on their website, as does the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. But there are also other sources that you can piece together and go through Newspapers.com and some other channels to find out some of that information. It's difficult. You can search anything, any, but you don't always come up with something. But anyway, I know that those particular dates are true. And then there's Sidney Bunch Jr. He's a Nashvillian. He was born March the 29th, 1931, and he died July the 13th, 2009. Now, I had met Sidney. He was great. He loved to talk, and he would, could tell great stories about what he remembered about playing for the Birmingham Black Barons and other teams. But he started out in 1949 with the Baltimore Elite Giants, then the Nashville Stars in 1950 and 51. Then he signed with organized baseball and went to the Billings Mustangs in 1952, but he didn't stay because his unit got called up. I think that was in the Marines. But after he was discharged from the service, he went back to play for the Birmingham Black Barons in 1954. Now, interestingly enough, one of his teammates was Charlie Pride. And also Jim Zapp. Now, Jim Zapp was born April the 18th in 1924, and he died on September the 30th, 2016. I knew Jim, too, could tell great stories. He was a good man. He really enjoyed telling his stories and seemed like he appreciated the interest that I had. And not, not only me, but others. I went to pick him up for an old-timers banquet one time at his home with he and Muffy. And as I went in the house, we got ready to go, and he was putting his coat on. It was raining. And he talked about Willie Mays was one of his best friends. He said, I just talked to Willie Mays today. And I said, seriously? And he said, yeah, I've got Willie Mays' Cadillac out in the garage. You want to see it? And I said, well, sure. So we walked out to the from the kitchen to the garage, and he opened the door, flipped the light on, and there's that Cadillac sitting out there. As I remember, it was a Cadillac. But anyway, the teams that he played for, he didn't even play baseball until he went into the Navy. And when he was discharged from the Navy, he came home and played for the Nashville Cubs in 1946 the Baltimore Elite Giants in 1947, and the Atlanta Crackers in 1947. And he played for the Birmingham Black Barons in 1948, where he was a teammate with Willie Mays, and that's how they hit it off. Then in 1949, he played for the Morocco Stars, actually the Dell Morocco Stars, which was a team owned by Teddy Acklin Jr. I think it's Teddy Acklin, Uncle Teddy, they called him. He owned a club called the Dell Morocco Club, and he had his team called the Dell Morocco Stars. And then Jim played for the Nashville Stars in 1950, the Baltimore Elite Giants in 1951, and then back to 1954. That's where he was teammates with Charlie Pride and Sidney Bunch. But after that first stint with the Baltimore Elite Giants, second stint actually in 1951, he went to organized baseball where he joined Butch McCord with the Paris Lakers in 1952, 
then the Danville Dans in 1953, and the Lincoln Chiefs in 1953 also, and the Big Spring Bronx in 1954 and 55, and the Port Arthur Seahawks in 1955. And one of the great quotes that I have for Jim, he said, the highlight of my career was in 1948 when I was playing with the Birmingham Black Barons against the Kansas City Monarchs. It was in the third game of the playoffs, and I hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth to win the game. Now, the Birmingham Black Barons ended up playing the Homestead Grays in 1948 for the Negro League's World Series championship, and they lost. Homestead won it, and it's actually considered the last Negro League's World Series because it was still organized. And then, of course, Jackie Robinson integrating baseball in 1947 in the majors. That started the demise of what they knew at that time as the Negro Leagues. And the fourth player in that picture of the four stars is Wilbur Willie Adkinson. I think he was always, I I can find a a Yank Adkinson, and he played in New York and came to Nashville. He was born in December the 27th, 1923, and I don't know when he died. But he played for the Nashville Cubs in 1946 and 1947. But in 1946, he was a member of the East All-Star team. Then he went to Winston-Salem and played for a team called the Pond Giants in 1948. Then the Newport News Royals in 1949 and the Nashville Stars in 1951. Let me go back and tell you one other thing about Jim Zapp. I told you that he didn't even play baseball till he got into the Navy. He began playing for the a Naval Barracks all-black team at Pearl Harbor. And he played on an integrated Nyana Barracks team in Hawaii and may have been the first black to play. As I remember, the story was he played for an all-black team, but he was so good that the manager of the white team invited him to come over, and they actually integrated that team. And then in 1945, when he was back stateside, he played for the Navy at Staten Island, and he played with major leaguers Johnny Mize, Joe DiMaggio, Phil Rizzuto, and Pee Wee Reese. Isn't that a great story? That's a great connection. He was a good one, and I'll tell you, there's not anything better than to listen to these guys talk Sadly, Jim and Sidney have passed on, but there's still some recordings of him, of both of them talking at a Metro Archives event a couple of times where a lot of players were gathered together for a panel discussion. And I'll never forget Sidney Bunch saying, I couldn't go to the bathroom where the white players could go, and I couldn't even eat in the restaurant. They would have to hand me my sandwich or whatever food through the back door. It's kind of a testament to what was going on in those days. Well, let me finish by saying I hope that the Nashville Stars becomes a reality someday. I think it will. I just can't give a timetable. But I know a lot of things are going on. They have to be going on. Some things behind the scenes that we just don't know. And who knows when we'll know. But first of all, Commissioner Manfred has to say we're going to expand. Or maybe a team might have to move here to make that happen also. But I'll tell you the time to get excited. I think, is when you see or hear about shovels in the ground to break ground on the construction of a new baseball ballpark. Well, that's the story of the four stars, a little bit more about Negro Leagues baseball in Nashville. I always am grateful for those who listen in. Uh, You can take a look at that four stars picture when you click on buzzsprout.com and you find Skip's Corner, and there will be on this episode, I'm going to add a picture there that you'll be able to tell. Or you can go to MLB Music City. and learn more and certainly sign up for the newsletters. They come out often and I think they really give some background information not only about the stars but also about community events 
and building a STARS relationship with organizations and businesses around the city. Until next time, I'm grateful for you joining me. If you have information for me or you want me to talk about something or you want to just give me some advice, my email address is 262downright at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for joining me. I am grateful.